Hey, this is Brandon Emma Richardson, and we are the pastors here at Slate Church based in Waterloo, Ontario, and this is our Sunday podcast. We really hope this message inspires you to lean into all that God has for you. If you would like to get connected with us, follow us on social media or go to slatechurch.com. And hey, it helps us a lot if you would rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast. Join us for today's message. Hey, Slate Church, it's good to see you. Uh, Whether you're at home right now because you uh, are sick or whatever else, or you're tuning in online because you're a part of our online online campus here at Slate Church, or you're tuning in from uh, Coburg or Cambridge, Um, one of our Locals Plus. We just want to welcome you. It's so good to see you. Uh, If I haven't met you, my name is Brandon, and I'm one of the lead pastors here alongside my wife, Emma. Uh, We have three kids, Kenzie, Theo, and Claire, and uh, hopefully at some point we're able to meet you. We also have another one on the way, and uh, we're really getting excited about that. So when people are talking about New Year's resolutions, uh, you know, for me, I'm like, I don't don't really have a whole lot. We have a baby coming in April, so that's going to ruin all of them anyway. But... uh, uh, we're really excited for this year that's to co- that's coming, and and uh, we're kind of at the beginning of it. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm one of the, these guys that loves to set New Year's resolutions. Uh, I was just with my my dad uh, recently. We were just uh, relaxing at, in his hot tub at his house, and we were having this conversation about whether or not we we're going to set New Year's resolutions. And uh, for for me this year, I'm setting New Year's resolutions. Um, basically I set a resolution that every month I would establish a new habit in my life. And so I'm not trying to do like all 10 or 12 or whatever things in my life, um, that I, that I think I need to do now. I'm actually, um, allowing myself just some time to get that all in. And that's often our response when it comes to something like new year's. Our response is to look inwardly and ask ourselves, because who else is there to talk about this stuff? Um, what do I want to look like at the end of this year? And then we often work backwards or um, our, our, the starting place is there's something we're dissatisfied with and we look inwardly and we go, how do I want to change this? And so often our viewpoint when it comes to New Year's and, and uh, you know the start of a new year is I, 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 what do I want to change? This is what I want to do. Here is my New Year's resolutions. And you know, as a church, one of the things that we want to make sure is that we're not just focusing on the eye, but we're focusing on how we're actually growing in community, how we are um, actually becoming better disciples of Jesus and all the rest. And so we're actually starting a new series today that's going to last about five weeks, and it's called um, a, a Deeply Formed Life. And uh, 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 I just had this like uh, brief moment. I'm like, is that the title of the series? And I'm like, I think it is. But regardless, what we're going to be talking about is this idea that we need to be deeply formed by the reality of who Jesus is. I want to read for us a passage um, that has kind of been anchoring me in this season. And then I want to break it down for us over our next moments together. And so why don't we turn to John chapter 15. If you have your Bible, why don't you turn there? If not, I'm just going to read it. And we're going to read from verses 1 to 17. This is Jesus speaking. And he's speaking to his closest followers. And, uh, and he has this to say. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does f- bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit 
unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Of course, um, for those of us that have read scripture and whatnot, we know that this is a reference actually to hell. It's a, it's a, a reference to the afterlife. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This year we're going to be talking a lot about this idea of being resilient disciples in a society and in a world today that has a lot of competing values or uh, unvalues um, with the Christian faith. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's command and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and anointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love one another. Why don't we pray, and then we'll get into it. Jesus, I thank you that um, your word that you've given us is meant to encourage us and and meant to build us up. God, I pray that... uh, I pray that you would speak through your word today. I pray that it would be your word that resonates in our hearts and our minds long after today. And I pray for those that are watching right now, that we would be encouraged and challenged to grow in our walk with you and to allow you to draw closer to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, well, uh, if you didn't uh, hear the repetitive phrase throughout this entire passage, um, it, was, uh, it, you know, it, was, it was fairly clear, reiterated over and over again, it was this, this, uh, this phrase, remain in me. Remain in me, remain in me, remain in me, remain in me. You see, in this passage, what we have is we have the, this uh, idea of bearing fruit. And a lot of us, we like this idea. Maybe we um, don't phrase it this way in our lives, you know, when we start a new year, when we're uh, trying to attain a goal, when we just look at our lives and wanting to have some sense of meaning and some sense of purpose uh, while we're here on earth. What are we going to do with our lives? What are we going to do for an occupation or a vocation? Uh, what program do we want to study? All the rest. A lot of us don't talk about the idea of bearing fruit, but that's kind of what we mean. This is what Jesus is getting to. Um, if you're going to bear fruit, if you're going to have a life worth living, if you're going to like at the end of the day have something of value to show for the way that you've been living your life, and not just something of value, something that is not just of value in our eyes or the eyes of the people around us, but something of value in God's eyes, then the encouragement over and over and over again is remain in me. Remain in me. A deeply formed life is one that remains in Christ. Christ is really clear. Like there's no way to satisfy him or satisfy the father unless we're willing to remain in who he is. And so Jesus is is reiterating over and over again, 10 times actually in this passage, remain in me. Now, 
you know, subconsciously, the way that a lot of a lot of us direct our lives is we often try to remove pain from it. And, and this isn't just something we do, um, again, consciously. It's very subconscious, and it's actually on a psychological level where we want to avoid things that cause us pain. And so, you know, often when we look at certain people that are, I mean, this time of the year, it's like I don't care whose New Year's resolution is like to run a certain amount of miles or kilometers in a year. But seeing people run during this time of the year, I'm like, what is wrong with you? Um, even though I'm trying to become one of those people that, myself, it's not working very well. Um, and, and I'm just like, man, what, that, what is going on there? It's this idea that a lot of us, rather than running to pain, we run away from it. We want to find ourselves in a comfortable life. It's both encouraging to me then and somewhat concerning to me that in verse 1 of this, of this chapter where Jesus is saying, I am the true vine and my father is a gardener, uh, he goes on to say, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Now listen, that idea of a branch being cut away sounds painful to me. It sounds uncomfortable to me. It sounds like the opposite of what a lot of people in our society try to do, um, which is seek comfort. Seek a pain-free uh, life. Seek things that don't rub us the wrong way. Seek a relatively peaceful and, and just joyous life that has no, um, no hiccups and no barriers and no challenges to it. And so when it says that he cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit, I mean, what we would think is that, okay, great. So if the way of avoiding pain is just by following Jesus, well, then like this, this is a really easy task. I'm used to avoiding pain. And so therefore, I'll just follow Jesus and I won't have any more pain. The hiccup, the challenge, and the, one that, the thing that becomes concerning is that it continues and it says, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Now, the reason that this is like somewhat concerning to me is that following Jesus isn't described as an easy life. It's not like, it's not like you know, you're, by avoiding being cut off, you avoid all pain because now you're following Jesus. In fact, it says, no, um, for those that do bear fruit and remain in the vine, they'll get pruned. Now, the reason that this is both concerning, challenging, but also encouraging to me is that because throughout this life, no matter how long I follow Jesus, I keep experiencing some level of pain in my life. And what we understand when we just look at, um, when we look at just biology and we look at how life actually works and the laws of physics and everything else is that it truly does take some level of, of, of stress on, on who we are in order to grow. Muscles don't grow without some level of stress on them. Our cardiovascular system doesn't grow unless we put some level of stress on our lungs. Our, our lives won't grow unless there's some level of challenge. The reason that this is encouraging to me is that although I follow Jesus and I sometimes have pain and I sometimes have things that I'm like, why is this going on in my life? It doesn't mean that I'm headed in the wrong direction. It might just mean that God is using that to prune me, which is to say he's using that to form me into his likeness in the way that he wants me to be. You see, there's two different types of pain that we might experience in this life because everything we do in this life is in relation to our creator. Our creator, God, Jesus, God with, with, with skin on. And the two different types of pain are this. One type of pain is the pain that we experience when we're away from God. And the other type of pain that we experience isn't like a, an everlasting pain. It's not, a, it's not a, an ever-present pain, but that type of pain is the type of pain that happens when we are close to God. The, the type of pain that is far from God is a hopeless pain. 
pain. It's a desperate pain. It's a, it's a pain that leaves us wondering, you know, whether or not life is worth living at all. It's, it's a type of pain that when we are apart from the presence of God and the person of God and who God is, that we actually experience a meaninglessness within this life. But the type of pain that we experience when we are close to God, bearing fruit, still in the vine, connected to God and connected to Jesus, is a type of pain that doesn't go wasted, but actually brings us into further relationship with God and further character building and, and, and closer to the type of people that we deeply and most deeply desire to become. That type of pain is a pain that comes through formation. Again, I'll remind you of a saying that my father's reminded me of, um, uh, most of my life is that there's nothing worth doing in this life that doesn't come, uh, that, 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 that comes easy. And so when it comes to our walk with God and, and seeing our lives um, formed by who Jesus is, then we need to understand that this pain is sometimes purposed to draw us closer to him. Um, it's interesting. When we follow Jesus for long enough, sometimes we're going to have this question, um, and we need to answer this question. Because just because we follow Jesus doesn't mean, or, or, or have decided to follow Jesus, doesn't mean that we're always walking in line with who he is. And so I think for some of us, sometimes we're feeling like, okay, so I made a decision to follow Jesus. I'm you know, going to church on, on Sundays, and that might be how we, we actually word it. I'm uh, I'm trying to read my Bible, and, and my life hasn't really changed. I feel no more peace and all the rest. And um, what's going on? Like, it was, I, was I sold the wrong Jesus, so to speak? I want to speak to this, because this is kind of what this whole series in the next five weeks is going to be about, and it's what today is about. And the whole idea here, um, the whole idea of, of, of a deeply formed life, one that has walked with Jesus, one that is formed by Him, is that we need to ask this question. When we feel that pain internally, is it coming because we are close to Jesus and he's building our character? Or is it because we're not actually uh, as close to him as we think we are? You see, the walk, a walk with God is not meant to be a walk that is just meant to check off a bunch of boxes, to hit New Year's resolutions, to hit some, some, some sort of a goal, to appease a deity that seems distant and far off, and therefore if I just do these set of things, then I'm going to draw closer to him. No, our faith is one that draws us closer to the person of who Jesus is because he is so loving and because we want to spend time with him, not because we have to spend time with him. You know, um, I was reading a, a book by a, a pastor uh, who pastors out of New York City. And, uh, and, and the book is titled, How to Reach the West Again. Essentially, like how to reach the society that we live in with the message of Jesus once again. And he, uh, he, he quotes, uh, I'll, I'll quote him, and he says this. He says, the challenges of formation in such a digital culture are considerable. So that our traditional models of biblical and spiritual formation through just a few hours of public worship time and a community, and a community group are insufficient for countering the impact of 24-7 digital technology throughout the week. Our models of theological formation, i.e. hearing just a message like this on a Sunday, give us a firm grasp of biblical doctrine which is indispensable. It gives us a, a clear understanding of Jesus is, which is, like, like it, it's indispensable. That's a good thing. But it fails to deconstruct culture's beliefs and provide better Christian answers to the questions of the late modern human heart, the human heart that a lot of us 
actually contained within us. The thing that strikes me is that sometimes when we feel pain and we feel disconnected from God and we feel like we're doing all the right things, what it might actually be pointing to is that we're not actually as close to him as we actually think we are. We need to take into into account that we are being formed by something at all times. And what do I mean by formed? It's like this idea of pruning that Jesus is talking about is that ultimately we are being shaped by all of the different things around us. If we're in an environment, I remember one time being in a construction environment. And uh, if you work in a construction environment, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But in this construction environment, like people would be up on, uh, uh, up on, I was going to say a forklift, but like a scissor lift, and they'd be way up high. And uh, I mean, they'd be chucking uh, nails down. They'd be trying to shoot you with a nail gun. Um, lots of jokes. Um, it's just like a, like a really an unsafe environment where nobody took like really anything seriously. And it's amazing because you walk away from that just kind of being less serious about life. Or if you're bothered by that stuff, you start to walk through life angry. Or, you know, p- uh, perhaps your, uh, you know, your office place has a culture that's just not great and whatever else. What we don't realize is that everything we're doing in this life forms us. It's not a question of whether or not we're, we're being formed. The question is, what are we being formed by? And one of the things that stands out to me that Tim Keller says is just this idea that like we live in a 24-7 digital technology, uh, a a digital technological world right now. And while we might think that, hey, we've checked off the box by going to church on a Sunday, that we've checked off the box by opening up the Bible for the first 10 minutes of the day, I've checked off the box by um, saying a quick prayer before my lunch, that's not enough to actually form us into the likeness of Christ. Now, what is the answer? Is the answer just to put a bunch of things on a list and a bunch of things in a reminder to constantly be only doing God things? No, but the the idea is that we need to be aware that we are being formed in every, in every moment of our lives. So much of formation when it comes to Christian formation is actually counter formation. It's actually allowing ourselves to realize where the points of culture and the points of technology and the points of, which aren't inherently bad in and of themselves, but the things that it brings us, we need to be able to to, to clearly know what is bringing us closer to Jesus and what is actually taking us further apart. Now, I remember one time when I was a teenager and my dad uh, uh, took my like MP3 players. Anybody remember MP3 players? I remember I had an MP3 player. And it was like one of these new, uh, it was a new MP3, uh, like it was like the latest technology. And I remember being so excited and I could fit 13 songs on this thing. And, uh, you know, my dad borrowed it for a little while. And, and I think he, he played it at like a, a, a high school gym while they were playing like floor hockey or something. And he came back and he told me, he's like, Brandon, like, I'm really proud of you. All the music on here uh, is really good. And I remember thinking like, oh my goodness, like, like, okay, like, my dad's really proud of me. Like, I need to make sure that I'm only listening to this type of music. So for the, the, less, you know, the, the next little while, all I listened to was only Christian music. I'm like, I'm going to keep my dad proud and all the rest. And then as time goes on, you know, I'm like, you know what? Like, there's other music that kind of honors God. So I started listening to stuff that wasn't explicitly Christian. Um, because I think sometimes we, we too, um, we're, we're too quick to divide between uh, Christian and secular. Although there are, there are Christian people singing secular songs. I don't want to get into all that and everything else. But over time, all of a sudden, I started to notice like, you know, five years later, six years later, seven years after this moment, I'd make it made so many compromises in my life that some of what I was listening to is actually trash. And what it was doing, it was actually causing me to see the world in different ways. 
I think some of us don't realize that the technology around us is lulling our spirits to sleep and is actually removing us from the presence of God so slowly that we don't even realize that the reason that we feel disconnected from God is because we're not doing anything throughout our days and just our normal lives that put us in a position of honoring Him. And so this idea of a, of a deeply formed life, this idea of remaining in Christ, this idea of bearing fruit by remaining close to Jesus, we need to understand that it's something that we need a more robust idea of what it means to actually follow Jesus. An author by the name of Rich of Lotus, who actually wrote a, a book, The Deeply Formed Life, um, he, uh, he had this to say actually this, this past week. He said, if Jesus spent eight hours a day, every day, for three years with his disciples. He would have spent over 8,000 hours with them, and after all that time, they still had major gaps. Then he went on to say, one hour a week on Sunday will never change people. We need a life that abides in him, that remains in him with the support of others. See, what we're dealing with as a church in the 21st century is that for some of us, we just see church as something we do, not something that we are. What we need to realize is that when we call upon the name of Jesus, we decide to follow him. It's not all of a sudden what that means is that we've got to give him 15 minutes in the morning and then our day is going to be blessed. What we need to realize is that when we decide to follow Jesus, we decide to follow him throughout our entire day. What it means is that we allow him to transform our thinking throughout the entire, we allow ourselves to be formed by him. We remain in him in all situations, in all scenarios that we can actually look more like him as time goes on. You know, one of the greatest gifts we can give others in the world today is our transforming selves. And I hope that you hear that, 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 that phrase properly, our transforming selves. For so many people that have decided to follow Jesus, what often happens is that we believe that we are transformed. Duh. Jesus comes into our life and therefore, yes, we are right with God, but they think that it makes them perfect. And therefore, their ideas on politics and their ideas on what you can and can't do and their ideas of what you can and can't watch. Or their and all of a sudden, their transformed self begins to try to inform uh, other selves and it actually becomes hypocritical and legalistic and all the rest. No, the greatest gift we can give others in the world today is our transforming self, which is to say, Understanding that until we die, until we are, we, are, we, are, we are brought into the new heavens, the new earth, and that sort of thing, and, and, and uh, spend our eternity with God, we are still being formed in the image of Christ. And rather than thinking that we are experts in all of these areas of life, we posture ourselves with humility at the feet of Jesus, and we ask him to continually form us into who he is. Romans, another book of the Bible written by a guy named Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, has this to say in Romans chapter 12, 1 to 2. He says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. We need to die to our own wills and, and receive what God's will is for our life. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. For so many of us, we think that worship is once a week on Sundays when we tune into church. When we gather together and worship God. But no, no, no. Our true and proper worship is, living, is offering our, our, our bodies, offering our lives to God every single day, picking up our cross daily, so to speak. Then Paul goes on to say in verse 2, he says, Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Don't be conformed. Don't be formed by the world that we live in today. Don't, don't just allow the latest thing that hits CNN and Fox News cycles to determine your mood for the day. Don't allow the, net, the latest, the latest, um, uh, the latest announcement from our province as regards uh, to, to COVID to, to upset your most inner being. Don't allow these things that are so external to form who you are, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Allow, allow a life spent with Jesus, allow a life remaining in his presence to renew your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing, and perfect will. See, when we start to talk about a life that is deeply formed by God, and we start to talk about being uh, remaining in Him, and as we go through this series called The Deeply Formed Life, the temptation will be to create a new form of legalism that says if we just do these things, that's what it looks like to remain in Jesus. What our hope is throughout this entire, se- this entire series is that we would begin to posture our minds to understand that we need to give God all of our lives, the whole of our lives, so that when we experience the pain of him making us more into the likeness of who he is, it's a, it's a good type of pain, not a pain of wondering where he is, but the type of pain that we understand, oh, my character is being built in this moment. And what we need to, to, to realize throughout this entire series is that we rem- as we remain in Jesus, we'll actually find that our, our deepest longings are more satisfied in who Jesus is. But the temptation will be is to hear the different messages in this series and go, well, if I just do this, 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 and this, that's what it looks like to remain in Christ. In fact, some of the things that we're going to talk about throughout this series is things like Sabbath. I was going to talk about that a little bit today, but um, I didn't have a chance to get to it in our, in, our, in our conversation today. But we're going to talk about things like Sabbath, prayer, fasting, silence, solitude, service to one another, generosity, simple living, Confession, submission, worship, worship, celebration. And why are we talking about these things? Because these are practices that have been practiced in our, in our, in our faith for thou, a, a couple thousands of thousand years that have um, sought to draw people that, that follow Christ, Christ followers, into the way of Jesus and being formed by who he is. But the thing that we can't do over these next couple of weeks is think that if, we, if all we do is if we just... If we just Make sure that we observe a Sabbath, which is like taking a day to recognize who God is, and we'll get into that. If I just pray, if I just fast, if I just have times of silence and solitude, if I just serve the people around, if I just be a little bit more generous, if I just have a little bit more simple living, if I just confess all of my sins, if I just submit just enough, if I just worship, and if I just, if I just do those things, that will allow me to feel close to God. No, 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 no. All of these things come out of our recognition that we, we, have been, we are terrible at drawing ourselves closer to God. In fact, we're terrible at remaining in Jesus. It's why he had to come and die on the cross for us because he's the one that said, listen, you're terrible at pursuing me, and so therefore I'm going to pursue you. In fact, a deeply formed life is less about us trying to, to, to pursue God, and it's, allow, it's actually more about allowing him to pursue us because every single day he's actually trying to pursue you. And what these practices allow us to do is it allows us, as Jesus pursues us, to just to find ourselves in his presence and allow him to speak to our innermost uh, parts of us as we continue through this life. My encouragement to you today is don't allow the latest trend on Instagram or the latest controversy on CNN or Fox or the latest conversation around you know, your dinner table. 
whether it be around extended family or even in your immediate family. Not to allow those things to form you. Not uh, more than Christ. Not to allow these things to even, even get in the way of what God's trying to do in your life. My encouragement to you is not to allow hockey dressing rooms and work environments and, and social gatherings to be the things that we seek to form us the most or allow us to form, the, form us the most. But throughout this series to recognize that as we, get, as we begin to give God more than just an hour a week, as we begin to give Him more than just an hour on a Sunday, an hour in a local... 15 minutes in the morning, but we begin to say, okay, God, what is, what is your voice speaking to me now as I'm at work? What is your voice saying to me now that I'm in this hockey dressing room? God, what are you trying to speak to me here at, my, at this dinner table as I meet with my family? As we allow God's voice to be the predominant voice in our life, I really believe that we'll actually become the type of people that we so deeply long to be, that we'll actually begin to bear fruit, the type of, uh, the type of meaningfulness and purpose, purpose that, that we so desperately long for. And as we allow him to do that work in us, that we'll actually look into our future or, 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 or look into our past at the end of this year and go, you know what? My life looks very different than how I started, and I find myself even closer to Jesus. So for those of you that are tuning in right now, and maybe you're just going, man, I, I, uh, I don't even know what's forming me right now, but if I had to choose between the world and the chaos and everything that's going on right now, that forming me and, and Jesus who actually came to pay a price for, for to, to bring me back in a relation. If I had to choose between one to form me, I want to choose Jesus. And if, if you've never made that decision, but you want to choose that today, and you want to say, hey, I, I, want, I want God to be the one that forms me. If that's you today, um, my encouragement for you right now is that you just bow your head with me. Close your eyes. And if that's you, if you're watching live right now, there's actually an option to indicate you want to make that decision popping up in the chat right now. But if you're watching online, I just want to encourage you to pray with me. Jesus, I pray for anybody that right now is saying, you know what, I want to make a decision to allow Jesus to form me. Jesus, we know that you came. You died on a cross, um, basically paying a, 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 a price for sin, a sinner's death, so that we would not have to. God, all throughout history, we see that people have tried to earn their salvation and bring themselves back in a relationship with you. But Jesus, you had to come to show us that it doesn't matter how much we try to do to draw closer to you, it falls short. And therefore, we actually just need to accept what you've done for us. God, we want to thank you for dying on that cross. And right now, for those that are making a decision to say, I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. I want to be formed by him. God, I pray that you would provide your spirit, as we know you do, to guide them through this world that we live in. So that they may not be conformed to the ways of this world, but they may be transformed by the renewing of their mind. We pray this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, I want to pray also, and if you just made that decision, Pastor Jared in just a moment is going to give you some more um, instructions on what you can do to make sure that this is not just a moment, but that you can actually continue to ha- uh, live a deeply formed life moving forward. But for those of us that are, are listening right now, and, and maybe we're just feeling convicted, maybe we've been trying to do too much in our walk with God ourselves, like we have too many... Um, uh, you know, you can read a list like this, what we're going to be talking about and, and kind of like just asking the question, like, what really is the point of fasting? What really is the point of prayer? But some of us can be, can uh, be reading that list and going like, man, I can barely make it to church and I can barely read my Bible. How in the world am I going to hear this whole series and even possibly do anything more than what I'm doing right now? See, it's, this whole series is not about doing more. 
It's, al- it's about allowing God to pursue us. It's a lot about allowing Jesus to form us in everything that we are doing. And he- those are tools to allow him to do that. But if you're listening to this today and you're going, you're, you're just analyzing your life, you're taking stock of what's going on right now, and you're just realizing like, wow, I, I actually need to, I need, I need my life to be more formed by who Jesus is because I can actually list the five, you know, five, six, one or two things uh, that are forming me more than him right now. And you're just going, I, through this series, I want to live in a posture of surrender so that I can learn how Jesus can form me more. If that's you today, I just ask, wherever you are, again, bow your head. Uh, if, it's a, if it's an environment where you feel like raising your hand just to externalize what's going on internally, I encourage you to do that. And why don't we pray? Jesus, for everybody right now that's going, yeah, I, through, the, through this message, uh, God's Spirit's speaking to me, and I, I know I am not being formed by God right now in my life. Even in my New Year's resolution, it's really just to serve me. God, I prefer everybody's listening right now and watching and feeling that conviction and feeling that encouragement to surrender and release their life to you once again. God, I pray in, in this moment that, God, you would give them the peace that you're the one that provides the strength to, um, to know how to be formed into your likeness. That Jesus, um, right now in, in this moment, your spirit would be encouraging us that, that, that we wouldn't be running from you because of something that we think we have to get right in us before we approach your, your, your throne. But that God, right now we would understand that God, you are pursuing us and you just want us to allow that to happen. Allow you to speak to our lives. Allow us to encourage us into times of prayer and fasting and all these things we'll talk about. But God, I pray that this would be a year that marks a difference, not just in those that are, are watching, those that are, that, that are listening, those that are responding, but that, God, it would have a ripple effect in the worlds and the environments and the circles of influence that we find ourselves in. So that as you do this deeply forming work in us, that God, that it would actually go out and your presence would begin to impact those around us in our everyday lives. God, we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Thanks again for listening to our Sunday podcast. To hear more messages like these, be sure to share and subscribe. We're thankful for all that God is doing in our church right now. We would love to have you be a part of what is going on. You can connect with us by filling out a connect card online at slatechurch.com. And hey, stay tuned for more content coming soon.